I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Brennan's View condos are presented by Irish Realty. Only a few luxury units remain. Tailgate on the Brennan's View's rooftop deck, just steps from Eddy Street Commons and the Notre Dame campus. Take advantage of a $2,500 buyer's upgrade package through the end of November. Check out Brennan'sView.com or IrishRealty.net. What do you say, Mike? You want to uh, leave our ladies and, and go live at Brennan's View together? I'm sorry? Do you want to uh, leave our wife or our ladies, and we can go live uh, at Eddie Street Commons? And oh, per- perhaps I must have missed something. But uh, anyways, yeah. Sorry, uh, there's on, an ad, ad read going. This is this is great television. I don't know if you saw that, Mike, but I didn't see any of that. All right. Well, never mind then. Terrible joke. I'm gonna cut that back. Post edit. All right, Mike. Mike Goolsby show here. I'm Mike Singer. He's Mike Goolsby. We're talking Notre Dame football uh, coming off the Irish's 38-27 to setback against the USC Trojans. Appreciate everyone um, joining us live. Um, we're going to do this show a little bit different this week. So if you have Super Chats, questions, all that, um, we'll keep an eye on it. Joey says ready to chit-chat Notre Dame football. Jonathan says looking forward to the show. But we are going to um, hang out uh, and, and Goolsby and I are going to talk some Notre Dame football, and we're going to take your questions and Super Chats near the end of the show. Um, so if you Super Chat, I'll see it. We'll get to it, I promise. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to take some time and um, try to have this uh, be a little bit of a free-flowing conversation before we get into Super Chats. So uh, yeah, A little bit a little bit more orderly, buddy, you know? Oh, yeah, because I'm not an orderly person, so we need it. Um, Mr. Goolsby, initial thoughts on the loss for Notre Dame a day after and have some time to reflect. Yeah, I, I... This was the first game this season that I was genuinely looking forward to from a fan perspective. I think up to this point, speaking for myself, I'd look at looking at this season, looking at games from a critical eye. And I even mentioned that about the Clemson game. I'm sitting there in the stands, arms folded, kind of almost looking at it through a coach's lens. I think with the holiday, it was a long holiday for us. A lot of food, a lot of booze, a lot of beers, dude. Um, a lot of family time it was a great weekend, and this is just like the crescendo to the weekend. And it was a disappointing loss. Watching the game, Michael, it felt worse than it actually was. Now, we've had we've had games where we lost, and the score maybe wasn't reflective of how well we played. But it, this felt like we played worse than the score reflected. I mean, we were in the game. The majority of, I mean, throughout, I mean, you're a seven, 10 point, um, you're down seven to 10 points throughout. So 
Uh, but there was that was the disappointing the, the disappointing piece. And I can't, yeah, I, I was thinking about it watching the game. And I was thinking about it today, driving home. Um I don't know what it is, Mike, about playing in the Coliseum against USC on that fast track that makes us look so slow. And I've felt that as a player. It almost feels like I don't know if it's the way the the, the stadium set up. I don't know if it's the energy in the in the stadium. Um, but like when when you're playing there, Mike, it almost feels like the field is 65 yards wide and 120 yards long. It almost feels like the field is bigger. I don't I don't pretend or I don't, I don't believe that we're a slower team than USC is across the board. I truly don't. I mean, you saw you've seen us play against Ohio State. You've seen us play against Clemson. I think we can start to really put that narrative to bed. But in this particular game, we looked slower. I think that's reflected most when you look at our defense against their offense. And I think a lot of that was due to confusion and Rick Lincoln Riley um, and his staff kind of getting the best of us from a schematic standpoint this weekend. I think that's really what I would contribute or attribute our slowness kind of looks like we're stuck in mud. Um, that's what I think I'd contribute that to is just this scheme. A lot of misdirection early on. They kind of took advantage of our sort of blue collar aggressiveness. Uh, and Caleb, Caleb Williams is a, <laughs> is a hell of a player. I played against a couple kids, quarterbacks that are somewhat cut from that, out of that mold, but he's a remarkable player. Um, and forgive me, but I think on our last show, I said, and Notre Dame does love to just hand SC players, SC quarterbacks, the Heisman and F and A, man, we might've done it again. It's great. I'm, I'm off to a great start, Mike. Dude, hot start for you, buddy. Hot <laughs> start. Uh, yeah, Tim Hyde was saying all week, you know, that was his key to the game. Like, do not let Caleb Williams win the Heisman. And surely enough, probably did. Probably did with that performance last night. Unless he just goes on and lays an egg um, in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, yeah, credit to Tim. I think Tim knew better than most of us what we were up against for sure at that quarterback position. I, I'm, I, I thought that Notre Dame, I thought they played it. I'm a little, I, I'm glass half full after this one. You seen the glass half negative or glass half empty, Mike, after the USC game? Is that right? No, no. I think again, I think that it felt watching the game, it felt worse than it was. I felt like we were reeling. And I'm talking, I, and I'm looking at this through a defensive lens. I think Jim yep. Pine played his ass off, Mike, and I know we're going to get into that. Uh, two critical mistakes, but I'm very proud of Drew. Um, um, I think a lot of a lot of kids step up. Deion Colsey played well. I had kind of written him off. Yeah. Uh, and I'll cop to that. So it's I'm, I'm really happy to see him thriving. But yeah, I think defensively, it looked worse than it was. What's the turning point of the game to me? The turning point defensively was maybe even as a team approach was after their first series they went down and scored so quickly so easily so smoothly i felt like defensively we were on our heels throughout the remainder of the game i really did i felt like we were just throwing haymakers the rest of the game 
and somehow we managed to keep it a competitive game. But coming out of it, yes, I'm more optimistic uh, than you might think. When you look at the makeup of these two programs, they've got 19 plus transfers, whatever the true number is. And then you look at the way that we've sort of built our program and Coach Freeman's going to continue to build it. You've got a, a huge reason for optimism there. I mean, they bought a football team. It's kind of yeah, gross. Pretty much. It's kind of gross, dude. It's kind of gross. Um, and we hung in there, man. Um, you know, and I, like another sort of storyline that I try to concoct leading into this game was like two, a battle of two young coaches, two dynamic recruiters and Lincoln Riley and Marcus Freeman. And it was kind of an evenly matched game, man. But the one, you yeah. know, the one difference was the quarterback position. All right. So and, uh, that, that was glaring now yeah. more than ever. Sorry. Buddy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to get to that, Mike, but I'm just trying to make, I'm, I'm wanting to follow what you're saying. So you're saying it looked worse than it did, but, also is evenly matched because I, I I think if you Notre Dame crept the bed early right 10 0 at the blink of an eye USC had more points than Notre Dame had plays I just think if Notre Dame starts a little bit better and then Pine doesn't have those two crucial turnovers I mean the the pick late I mean that was just him trying to make a play but the fumble to Notre Dame scores there it's I think it's 17 14. But instead, it ends up being twenty four seven. That was that yeah, was a huge turning point. But I I'm I'm feeling good because I think about three Notre Dame's three biggest games on the season. Mike, Ohio State they played with them. Wow. Clemson beat the rails off of them. USC. I mean, and now it's kind of getting into the quarterback talk of Pine played his heart out. I, I think we're all pretty much on the same page about Drew Pine right now. Love the kid. He's taking all these shots. Bounces back played his heart out but he's he's just reached his natural god-given ceiling whereas caleb williams looks like freaking patrick mahomes out there you know i think that's part of it so to to clarify mike i appreciate you following up there what i'm saying is watching it live it felt like a worse loss than it actually was it felt worse it felt like we were powerless against caleb williams it felt like they were faster it felt like they were more explosive but then you watch it back and you're like, okay. we played pretty well. We you know, we played pretty well. They made more plays. They, meaning Caleb Williams, made more plays. And we we uh, missed a few opportunities. Xavier Watts missed two op- two interceptions. I mean, he got out jumped by their quarterback on an interception, which, you know, shame on, shame on Xavier. That's an ex-wide receiver. It's an Omaha kid. I expect more out of him. He'll do better next time. But, you know, we missed two kind of gimme interceptions. Isaiah Foskey makes a uh, a rare effort on the defensive side of the ball, kind of retracing, tracking down a ball, knocks out a ball. Marist watches it fall on the ground, and then he decides to punch the ball out. Um, I mean, that's three, three and a half, four opportunities that we missed. And then you couple that with uh, Pines' couple interceptions, and then there's your ball game, man. Yeah. Folks, like I said earlier, drop Super Chats. I'll pop them up on the screen. If you have questions specifically, we'll get to them a little bit later in the show. I did think this comment from Michael is interesting. A Kelly coach team loses by 20-plus points last night. Yeah, um, That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it, Notre Dame's had blowouts this season, but they haven't been blown out. You know, like, no Michigan 2019s in here or, you know, Clemson 2018. I, I You know, they're, they're – 
they're you know they're they play down to competition, but there just seems to be a lot of good here. You know, I for sure, I, I, for I'm sure, optimistic. You know, a lot of the stuff in the off season, all that banter, you know, finding crap to talk about was, you know, would you take an eight win, seven win season under Marcus Freeman if that, you know, take your lumps and you have a higher ceiling to win a national championship than you do with Kelly. You know, it's again kind of that off season fodder, and I kind of seeing it because. Notre Dame, I mean, I understand Notre Dame fans being pissed about the loss, but that's a college football playoff team. You know, you went toe-to-toe with them. You went toe-to-toe with Ohio State, and then you essentially, you know, knocked Clemson out of the college football playoff. So, I don't know. I'm pretty pumped. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Co- yeah. Kelly loses down there at LSU to a 4-7 and seven A&M team. 4-7. and seven. Uh, and, and he gets his ass handed to him. So, yes, that sort of cushions the blow of this of this SC team. Um, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I, we've been doing this, Mike. This is the end of our third year of doing this, this show. And how many times, brother, have we come together at the, after, after a loss and be like, dude, we just got, we got out-athleted. We, you know, we got out, out-speeded. We got out-physical. I think we, at times we did get a little bit out-physical today. I, I don't think we quite matched USC's energy, and that kind of comes back to what I'm talking about playing in the Coliseum in these night games. It's a different atmosphere, man. I wouldn't call it intimidating. It's somewhat surreal. I I can't put my finger on it. Um, But across the board, we looked okay, athlete to athlete. And we're playing two two true freshmen at corner, uh, young kids all across the board. I just think that the real glaring weak spot was the quarterback position. Um. And yeah, again, I think I think Pine played great. And gosh, man, when he when he screwed up that mesh point and he just kind of was on all fours on the ground, it's like maybe I am really rooting for Drew Pine, Mike. You know what I'm saying, buddy? That's like I just felt for the kid because he was like, no, you know, he wanted this so bad and he'd been playing so well up to that point. Um, yeah, and your heart goes out to him. And he battled, dude. And like you said, yeah, he's maxing out his ability. I think. There's nowhere to go, Mike, but up at that position. I mean, let's be honest about it. But across the board, even on the edges, you know, I thought we we more than held our own. I think defensively our scheme was bad, dude. Uh, really bad. Yeah. And with all that taken what, into consideration, we still played hard. Just, just what's the linebackers and that's it. I mean, the contain obviously wasn't there. And then you're playing without Cam Hart. And Tariq Bracey, that's not ideal. Well, boy, did we miss Bracey. those two. Yeah. That's quarterback in college football. Yeah, you'd have to let me rant. Give me a couple minutes here to kind of run through this defensive stuff. But Bracey and Hart, I mean, Bracey's been arguably, Mike, the, the best player on our defense, the most consistent player, probably the showing the highest level of compete since day one kickoff in Columbus. Uh, Tariq Bracey's played his ass off. So hopefully he gets some sort of – team recognition at the end of the year. I truly believe that he deserves it. I really do. In the same way that I felt like Joe Alt did last year, you know, in terms of just curing the offensive line. Sure. Uh, Cam Hart's been serviceable, but he does have some experience. He does have some length. But, I mean, you can't underestimate. You're playing against a first-round draft pick at wide receiver and, you know, the first pick overall Heisman Trophy winner quarterback, and you roll out two true freshmen, dude. Yeah, but the scheme on defense, man, Um. I'm sitting there like, you know, you know, you know, DJ Khaled is singer. 
course. Wait, no, never heard of him. I don't know anybody. Well, hopefully our audience has, but I'm just like, what is Al Golden like listen to on his like pregame playlist? It's got to be a lot of DJ Cal because I just like with these linebacker blitzes, it's just like another one, you know, <laughs> another one, another one, you know, it's like, dude, what are we doing? Another uh, one. What? Yeah, another one. You know, we the best, right? It's like, no, we're really not. We never get home, Al. So that was a lot of like a lot of pressure. You're hanging your corners out to dry. There's not a lot of underneath stuff. You know, Mickey got held out, hung out to dry. Mickey competed his ass off, right? Yeah. Jaden Mickey competed his ass off there at field corner. But it was like watching that, it felt very similar to Clarence Lewis versus Oklahoma State in the bowl game last year, where it's like, dude, we gave that kid no help. Yes. Um, and I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. We did a lot of <laughs> like we did uh Hyde and I was just you know sent back like we're videotaping our televisions, like sending each other you know video shots during the game because it's like what the F are we doing on defense? It's like like Maris Leofile, man. It's like he's out there playing pin the tail on the donkey, Mike. Oh, you know what I mean? I hear he's, but he's out there playing blindfolded, dude. It's like if you told me that Maris had a blindfold on, I'd believe you. He's not. I don't know. I don't know what he's keying. We're playing with ten guys in the field in that regard. Uh, it, it, and that was really what killed us, Mike. In that game, Caleb Williams obviously it was more demonstrative. It was uh, much more of a wow factor, kind of watching him make these splash runs and just uh, playing backyard football. But the key to our loss in terms of our lack of performance on defense was their running game and from a traditional sense with their backup running back. Yeah, I mean, they hammered us, dude. And you, that was really disappointing to see just us giving up more chunk running plays, more sustained drives. I think I heard Tim say last night we gave up 570-plus yard drives in this game. And, dude, that's just unacceptable. You can't be a championship defense and do that. Yeah. Um. I did want to bring up the Super Chats. This is right along the point of what we're talking about from Hank. He says, what can we expect from the defensive staff next year? Um, and and one of folks a little bit more specific on this, Mike, he says, Goolsby, are you impressed with the scheme of Al Golden, Marcus Freeman, Elko, and Lee felt more fundamentally sound? Um, yeah, like what's what's the identity of this Notre Dame defense? I keep coming back to, to answer the question, I appreciate the Super Chat. I don't know what to expect. I mean, in terms of the defensive staff, like is that, are you talking about guys staying or leaving um, or what the scheme changes might be? But <clears throat> I keep coming back to, and a lot of this is born out of the Prince Kali, Jalen Sneed, subbing out Marist conversation. Do we have a rover anymore? Like, are we just going to play with two linebackers? And if that's the case, why are we recruiting so many? Um, I mean, it's rare that you see us play with three linebackers throughout the, throughout the season. Kaiser played a little bit or more than he has been in the USC game. But uh, fundamentally sound, if I'm calling plays super chat, I want to play a base defense as much as I can. And then we'll, we'll, we'll make checks out of the base defense. It feels like we're subbing in packages. Um. It's just, yeah, it's, I, 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 I don't know. I don't really have a good answer 
but yeah, I think under Clark Lee, it's like we had sort of a, a base structure of our defense and we did things out of that base defense where it's right. like here, we roll out a three, three stack or a three, three, five on any given week. Can somebody, you know, talk to Tyler, talk to somebody that's at these press conferences. Can somebody ask Al Gold, like, dude, like, are we tracking the success rate, the hit rate, the chaos rate, what you want, whatever you want? I mean, we blitz our middle linebackers, Mike, every single play. Like, can somebody, like, dig into that and ask, you know, a layered question? Like, what are we trying to accomplish? I don't know. There's a couple There's a couple instances in this game where, again, Maris Leofau has – truly, Mike, has no idea what he's doing. And I've talked about this two weeks ago. Like, I'm done with Maris Leofau. Like, he's a liability. You don't know what he's doing. I got, I've been in a, a day, a 24 hour long message board argument with people. They're trying to justify Maris looking into the stands and when it's on the seven yard line going into the goal line. But the, the one play where they put a wide receiver number 14 in the backfield, it's their second touchdown. No, rather their first touchdown of the second half. The, the scheme is in completely out leveraged, right? They run that little Kansas City Chiefs. They kind of leak the tight end for a shovel pass. And then Caleb and 14 just are skipping into the end zone and holding hands. That's a scheme thing. Like you can look at it pre-snap and be like, we are so out leveraged. We don't have numbers in the run game. Um, I can jump down Maris's throat and critique him all I want for like his lack of instincts. But in terms of being pre-snap, you're misaligned. That's coaching. I don't know what's going on. Right. It's so bad at times, Mike. Like I can't make sense of it, honestly. And I watch this stuff uh, more intently than I probably ought to. <laughs> it's 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 maddening. Now I'm just I'm just trying to now put a bow on this to be like, what's next, right? So we've given the analysis like, or what's the future of this? I have no idea. I have no idea. the The Al Golden thing's very interesting. Because my understanding is that he's more of a head coach of the defense than the linebackers coach. For James Laurinaitis is much more hands-on with the linebackers. But, I mean, it's just such a linebacker-minded staff. With Laurinaitis, Golden, Freeman. Your defensive line coach was Ohio State's linebackers coach last year. So it's just like, what? I, I, it's just so strange that you have these great linebacker minds. Is, is it? Yeah, and and, and, and this is, this is the end product. And what you're seeing, is that the goal? Are we teaching? And we'll, I'll stay on Marist. Am I teaching? And, and I got to give credit to Tim. I'd never heard this before, but like, we're watching Marist, we're watching Kaiser, we're watching uh, JD take on blocks. And, he, you know, it's like a bug on a windshield. Are we teaching that? Is that what those kids are taught? I don't know, but um, the production in the linebacker play this year has been, it's been bad, dude. Yeah. It's been bad. I think JD at times, like, I mean, JD, the one of the best games I've seen a linebacker, ND or not play in a long time was like the Clemson game this year, dude. JD was on point. He yeah. was killing it. Um, but yeah, all of these, all of these sustained drives and these chunk runs, like that's on the linebackers. Like our job is to make tackles. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe Laronitis doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, again, he's like, uh, 
similar to like to Marist. Like Marist was anointed before he did every, anything. It's like, oh, Laronitis played at Ohio State and he was in the NFL. It's like, yes, so it doesn't mean he can coach. You know, I mean, like, who knows? He was doing a radio show last year. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not impressed. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not impressed at, at what I've seen uh, effort-wise, and in production-wise. And what a dream scenario! Like, you know, you, you go, like, you can go watch like your average. I watch your average three or four-star high school linebacker film. Like, I'm sure you've seen a lot of it. They get brought on blitzes a lot. So it's like, so when you're watching it, you're trying to evaluate tape with a critical eye. You're like, well, what else can he do? Can he cover, you know, sideline to sideline? Like these plays look great. Like he's blowing everything up, but it's almost like we, we play our linebackers like they're high school studs. It's like, dude, there's, there's more to this game. There's, there's no feel for it. Yeah. And some of this, some of this crap, dude, Marist in this game is making JD a worse player. Like if you and I, buddy, are playing linebacker, Mike and Will, and like we're flowing over the top or whatever. I can sense without feeling, without seeing you, I can sense if you're there or not. You know, so there's times where I feel like JD's trying to make up for Maris's lack of instinct. He's trying to like serve two masters there. It's bad. It's definitely got to get cleaned up in the offseason. I do think some of it's personnel. JD is going to be hard to replace just because the dude plays so hard, but yeah. he is small, but he's, he's hard not to like. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that. I'll I'll be shocked, man, if Maris starts in the bowl game. There was one kid that got rotated out during this past USC game, and it was Maris. They put Kali in for a handful of snaps. JD played every snap. Kaiser played every snap. There was no rotation. Furthermore, last thought on the defense, Mike. I thought our D-line played hard. Um, but, boy, were those guys gassed at the end. There's a, there's a play where that 81-yard run where – Caleb Williams is zigzagging all over the field. And poor Riley Mills, dude, he is just sucking wind. And then he's out there the next play. It's like, man, can we can we get some substitution? So throughout the course of the season on the defensive side of the ball, substitu we substituted too much early. And then when you need to substitute in a game like this, and this goes back to us being on our heels, Mike, and kind of reeling throughout the course of the game. It was a bit of a mess on defense all the way around this past yeah. week. Mercy, Hopefully it's a learning experience. Leaf out played in 64 snaps and had – four total tackles two assists two two solos that's not that's not getting it done um but it's yeah it's not mike you know what it is getting it done is uh, our our sponsor for today hey now which is brought to you by Brennan's View Condos presented by Irish Realty only a few luxury units remain tailgate on the rooftop deck just steps from Eddy Street Commons and the Notre Dame campus take advantage of a $2,500 buyer's upgrade package through the end of November. Check out Brennan'sView.com, folks. Um, that's going to be where Goolsby and I um, will be living in, in no time. Maybe you'd be our neighbor. Who knows? I was going to say, yeah, we should split one. Yeah, there you go. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Um, yeah, so that was that loss all, yeah. all, all together, Mike. There's so much to talk about with the defense here. It's hard to fit it into one paragraph. Right. <laughs> or one rant, rather. But uh, it was a bit of a mess. I feel like I feel like Lincoln Riley coached circles around Al Golden in this game. I didn't think – I thought the way – I didn't understand – Starting Jade Mickey at corner at corner. Why not open up with Clarence Lewis and try Mickey at, at at nickel instead? We've got a safety and Ramon Henderson playing nickel. It's just stuff that we do. It's just like I'm going to trust the coaches, but I'm like I don't know, man. Yeah, like we're, we're uh, Ramon Henderson was a receiver turned safety turned corner Turn against the defense. best player in college football and Caleb Williams. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. All right, um, folks, if you're just uh, if you're watching back, you're joining us live, hit the thumbs up on this video. That really helps support us. Um, and by the way, yeah, dude, we're almost to 20,000 subscribers. Almost to 20,000 subscribers. Let me check what That's we're all at. I want for Christmas, Singer. That's all I want for Christmas is 20K. You tell me, man. We are currently at 19,759 as we record this um, live. And our last video, our last live show, dude, Last week's hit over 1,400 likes. So we know that you guys know how to like the video. So continue to do that. Google's week, you tell them. They If you tell them to like the video, they do it. What we learned is our fans have opposable thumbs. Use them. Use them. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to continue talking Notre Dame, USC, what's next with the Fighting Irish. We're also going to talk about Notre Dame's new quarterback commit in the 2023. Oh, boy. Kenny Minchie. Um, Goolsby has not given his thoughts publicly. Shades of shades of Caleb Williams, Michael. Shades of Caleb Williams with Kenny Minchie. I think that's that's a sounds good to Notre Dame fans. I would say, and yeah, folks, I start up a or saved a few super chats. Um, so we will get to those in a little bit. But Mike, um, let's touch on the offense a little bit more. Uh, a comment or the topic point that Tim and I had was this toss pitch to Logan Diggs to the short side of the field <laughs> and uh, what third and short and he picks it up. Right. But it was just so strange. And then did you, did you listen to this segment in our show last night? Of course, man. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm an eight and I, I mean, I honestly mean no disrespect. Pretty harsh, Mike. It was pretty harsh, but yeah, I, I mean you. no disrespect. But if I'm an eight year old playing Madden against my brother, I'm like, all right, I'm going to run it up the middle and then run the same play, but as a play action, that'll, that'll get them. Like it's a, like in it, the toss and then the, the fake toss on the next play, like let's show the same exact thing. I, that was, that was strange to me personally, but I know that you wanted to talk about that toss pitch. Um, Kind of a, it's not a, the play itself wasn't very consequential, but it's more of just like the, there's kind of a overarching theme maybe to discuss here with that. I thought that Reese played, or excuse me, Reese called a, a really good game. I think that he dialed up pass plays for Drew that he was comfortable. Obviously, I mean, Drew's completion percentage was through the roof throughout the game. 
Yeah, the toss pitch into the boundary is just against a team de- a defense like an SC that has a lot of team speed, slightly undersized at like the linebacker position. Like it doesn't make sense to me, but whatever, it worked. Sort of. Sometimes, and you see this a lot, Mike. Actually, at the at the high school level, let's say the offense has a has a huge you know gainer through the air, right? They complete a fifty yard pass. Like the coaches are like scrambling, and the very next play they'll just call like a fullback dive up the middle. Because like, oh, shit, we got to call another play. When you looked at that toss, p- toss pitch into the, into the boundary, they took time to c- bring the chains out, review it, whatever. Like Tommy had quite a bit of time to come up with his next call on the play sheet, and then that's what he cooked up. I don't know. That play is a huge pimple, like, on his r- resume. For her, you maybe warts a better, a better term of, it's like, for, for this overall game. But I thought, I thought that was a dumb play. I thought like the jet sweep on the third and two on the first series of the game, the first series of the game on offense really effed us, dude. It really effed us. Like they came down, they made it look easy. They scored and we go three and out the next series. It's like, oof. Um, Overall thoughts on the offense. The big one for me, and this is just personal preference, but I prefer estimate as a lead back to digs. Yeah. I don't see, and this is, yeah, I don't know how many games in a row, several where we've seen maybe two or three where Diggs has started to sort of become the lead back. And you look at the yards per carry average, and then we'd like to talk about the eyeball test, Mike. Estime looks like a more impactful, he looks a degree or two more special to this guy yeah. than does Diggs. And that's not a knock on Diggs. That's my personal preference. I think Estime showed really well in this game, and then we kind of put him back on the shelf. Um, I still think we misused Tyree. The, the, the That's the big talking point, the Mitchapalooza thing. Everybody wants to poo-poo on the Mitchapalooza thing, but it's been incredibly successful thus far this season, so why not stick with it? It was just disappointing that we didn't see any additional wrinkles off of it like we had talked about last week, Mike. But let's talk about Drew Pine, dude. Guy – uh, played valiantly, and he made some beautiful throws. Was given a lot of time again, but yeah, I just want to give Drew, and I've been di- I've been difficult on him, but I thought Drew played lights out, and you could really sense how important this game was to him. And the tur- the two turnovers hurt us. But that's the beauty of football. If those two turnovers hurt us, you know, Xavier Watts dropping two obvious interceptions or, you know, that hurt us just as much. That's how I tend to look at the game. And then the other interesting thing that we haven't talked about, and we'll probably jump into those super chats here, buddy, soon. Yep. But uh, was the – everybody's calling it a pooch kick. In my world, when the quarterback kicks, we call it a quick kick. We did it and used to do it in high school out of the double wing. That was a huge middle finger to Brian Mason, to me. You know, it was a little like we did it. They did it to us twice, and we weren't even we weren't even in a base defense return setup. We weren't even in a position to fair catch it. I take that back. Brandon Joseph fair caught, I think, the second one. But that was like a big middle finger to Notre Dame, and I tip my cap to USC. Yeah, dude, I tip my cap to them. They got us on that one, and um, yeah, I think. 
just another example where Lincoln, Lincoln Riley outcoached us from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I think Coach Reese did what he could. I think our offense versus their defense was a pretty good match, right? We'll yeah, call it a draw. I, I think that Lincoln Riley took advantage of us offensively, and I think that their special teams outperformed ours. There's your game. I thought it was a super competitive game. I thought the kids did play hard. I feel, I just think it really comes down to our defensive scheme being obviously misaligned, and that's got to get addressed. And I do think there's going to be some personnel changes. Namely, I don't think Maris belongs in the field anymore. Yeah, Not as an inside linebacker. No way. Yeah. Folks, uh, we'll get into Super Chats and I'll drop them. I've got a few queued up, and we'll, we'll get to those in a minute. Um, but there's one, one more thing on Pine before we move on. You look at the Clemson game, Notre Dame probably wins that game if it's Mike Singer at quarterback, right? Like Pine didn't do a ton in that game, you know? Um, this one, it, it was the, 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 he was a trailer, right? Everybody pulled him along, right? He, and he wasn't asked to do anything. This game, he showed up, but Notre Dame didn't win the special teams battle, right? Notre Dame's defense did not produce those big sacks when they needed to the holding Mike I don't know if you want to touch on that Notre Dame got screwed there but I mean that's that's some it's just that's just football that's 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 how it goes like control what you can control Notre Dame can't control the refs they can control you know better play calling defensively more spies um but uh I I think Pine he he did all he could The, the fumble hurts but yeah like you said so does Xavier Watts um, not not picking a ball. So off. does so does yeah. Like I said so does Isaiah Foskey making one of the best defensive efforts we've seen of the year as a potential first round pick guy that could be faking an injury like Cam Hart may be doing right now. He goes out there makes that effort pops the ball out. Maris watches it fall on the ground and then he wants to jump on it. Stuff like that in a game like this you can't let it happen. But offensively like this kind of felt like and especially from the quarterback position, bud, it felt like the most like normal sort of yeah. competent offense that we brought this season. Like, I was like, Oh, this could be NC state. This could be any team, you know, like you turn after, on all these games. Like, yeah. After the beginning, after the beginning. The beginning. Pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I just, I, I, I really truly feel like the turning point of the game was that their first drive, they went down and scored so easily and so quickly that the coaching staff across the board, felt like they were a little bit they were scrambling yeah they like it's like they short-circuited for a little bit um but no it was it was a, it was a good offensive performance and i'm i'm happy for drew yeah Just but i'm excited punt. to see what's what's next one punt on the day um you know uh, they were able to move the ball hang with that high-powered offense at usc yeah, but I th- I think that's uh that kind of wraps that part up. Um, mm-hmm. Joey says, Mike, what are your thoughts on the future of the defense? You said you don't think Marist should slash will start in the bowl game um, as an inside backer. So I don't know if you want to touch on this as the future heading into the bowl game. See who Notre Dame plays. But uh, or if you want to go the route of next season. Well, Michael, Michael, I'm going to allude to something here, Singer. Mm-hmm. So you've talked about this before. That makes me nervous. Well, it's like, well, 
you know, you have to recruit. We'll use, um, let's use Jalen Sneed as a hypothetical. Yeah. See me winking. So you recruit these kids into your program, but then you have to like date them as they're in your program, right? Because they could leave you and then go be with somebody else, right? They can, i.e., they can transfer. So it's like Jalen Sneed, Prince Kali, they ain't stupid, dude. Like they're watching the same film we are. Cause like, why is that enough for playing over me? You know, and that's gonna lead to some frustration. So unless we come up for an act, like a reasonable explanation as to why Mayor, excuse me, Marist is playing over either of these kids. I look at, I almost look at Sneed and Kali as a package deal. Here's a fun scenario, Mike. All right. Would you rather go eight and four and take some lumps under Freeman, knowing that you're, you know, the potential of you winning a championship the yep. next two, three years is, is, is increased? Yep. Would you rather have Maris continue to start and maybe play himself into being a third round pick and lose Kali and or Sneed? Or would you rather have Sneed go play and take some lumps, but maybe lose Marist? You understand? I'll play the That's young guys. That's where we're at. Yeah. Play the young guys. I mean, Marist ain't, ain't getting it done. So the future, the future of the defense, uh, hopefully there's a lot of self-scouting in the offseason to see what we kind of do well. But I, I just, folks, I do not, and I, I, I didn't sleep last night, Mike, right? Like, I watched this game quite a few times back because I'm just like, what am I missing, you know, in, in this scheme? Like, what am I missing? And it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, I have a couple crappy analogies I won't use, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I just – it doesn't make sense the usage of the linebackers to never make tackles – and to never make sacks, and to rarely make a freaking TFL. Why do we keep bringing them? It, it just doesn't make sense to me. So hopefully the future of the defense is more just base-oriented. Let's play with three more, three linebackers. Let's play with a rover like we used to, to utilize a little bit of, you know, kind of combo size and speed there. And let's work out of that is my hope. Miss Jeremiah Usukormo a little bit. Like that rover who can cover. And, like, and I blitz. Think- you could do everything. That's why you could do It's a part of the reason why you could play so much base. I don't know if people are – I don't get to watch as much NFL anymore since I started doing this gig. But last I checked, JOK is nasty in the NFL, dude. He is a really, really, really good player. Yeah. So, yeah, you do miss a kid like that. Okay. Uh, we had a super chat from uh, Sean here. Actually, we'll get to Michael. He dropped his first. Um, so appreciate this. He says, last night you saw a Notre Dame team that did not quit. Michael Mayer showed why he's an All-American. Offensive line played their tails off. We missed two cornerbacks and estimate only eight carries. I thought it was six. I almost – yeah, six carries for 43 yards. Um, and then he had that finally, Drew Pine, hit a dump off, Mike. Well, check down. How about that? And oh, that to uh, estimate? Yeah, that one went for 30 yards. That was, that was the thing of beauty. Um, and, yeah, Freeman kept this team together. Any, any thoughts on this, Mike? Well, real quick on that dump down to estimate, Tim and I were texting almost immediately. A special player, folks, scores there. 
Go back and rewatch it. He's got a block route in front of him. He could set that corner up. He's a two-way go on that corner. A special player is going to score there. And it's like, that's what we need to see. I've been As long as I've known you, Mike, I've been talking about we need special players to like, Deion Colsey today made a special play. Go up and get the ball. Uh, more of that. But that's that that estimate dump down, as great of a play as it was, it's, there was still something left out on the field there. Um, but yeah, it's been a good season. The offensive line, Joe Walt struggled a little bit early, uh, but he okay. corrected it. He got beat on an inside rush by that first round pick, you know, 49. <sighs> I put this game, I did, yeah, I do fully agree that the, the team play hard. I, I, this, this is a fun game to go back and rewatch for nothing else to listen to Chris Fowler. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. go ahead was one of the Mike. first, one of the first uh, Caleb Williams scrambles. Like, you know, he's like, oh, and he converts the first down. And it's like, Chris, are you drunk? Because I am. I'm drunk watching. And I know that he didn't convert. That he's eight yards short, brother. You know? Uh, yeah, but go back and watch because there is some comedy in the, in the commentary there. If you're into that kind of thing. It's like watching uh, Mystery Science Theater or something like that. But um, they did play hard, but like, there's a play, I think, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. We're in cover two, and J.D. Bertram is in the end zone. That kid is 45, 50 yards downfield, running the middle vertical, running the middle seam, the, the middle, the pipe, whatever you want to call it, in cover two, as he should. He is 50 yards downfield in coverage. And um, I don't know, it's just plays like that, it was indicative of, of the effort. I, I feel like that. Coach Golden kind of hung those kids out to dry. I feel like there's there's more we could have done. I didn't see a spying Caleb Williams, Mike. Mm-mm. And um, you know, I grew up a huge Barry Sanders fan, huge Barry Sanders fan. And they would talk about like when you would prep to play the Lions as a defensive team, like sort of you kind of corral them. Like you don't really try to make the tackle, you just kind of corral them. And too often our defensive linemen. They didn't lead him. If you and I are playing catch in the backyard, Mike, I'm going to lead you, right? We were going to where he is, not to where he's heading yeah. too often. And um, I just – it felt like they were underprepared to play a quarterback like that. Underprepared, and I just don't think that the game plan was was even co- close to competence. So I, but, yeah, kudos to the kids and kudos to Coach Freeman for getting them to play hard, no doubt. Yeah, folks, hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course, for more Notre Dame football and recruiting content. We're getting into that time of the year where I don't – we're going to have a weekly – we're not going to have a weekly show, Mike. Maybe go every other week or so. I'd be down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, as this thing has grown, Mike, and hey, let's be YouTube pros here, Mike. Dude, Folks, I'm, if you got any ideas, oh, any I'm, concepts. I'm, oh, I got them. Drop them in the comments below. But I think it, it could be fun for us to sort of uh, do some dry runs on some our, things in the offseason. Our going into next season, we're it's going to we're going to take a step forward. We're going to take a big step forward. I truly believe in our just our overall channel. We're going to look back on 2022 and 2020 and be like, man, remember we did that stupid shit? Now it's, it's going to be the next level. I'm excited, dude. Hey, second biggest chan- you, Notre Dame YouTube channel out there. You know who's the number one? The official Notre Dame channel. 
I think we're just going to get more resources pumped in our page. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Check uh, the stats. Check the stats, right? That's right. JP, appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. Thanks, JP. Thanks for watching all year. Spread the word, man. Yeah. Um, Where was I going with this? I had I had a thought. Who knows, dude? Oh, the 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 Fowler thing. He he's not he he's not watching the screen, so he just sees Williams throw it past the sticks. He didn't realize that it was the first stick, and not the second stick. So well, that's why he screwed up. But the whole oh, he's a big USC fan, whatever. I mean, man, if that were Brady Quinn calling the game, you guys wouldn't be mad about you know that. It's 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 so whatever. I, I don't care about announcers. It's so many other things to complain about. The announcers is whatever. Well, announcers should be like, I think I said this watching the game, the announcers are akin to like offensive line play. Like we shouldn't talk about them. You don't talk about them unless they're really bad. But when that jumped out, I almost spit my beer out. I was just like, Dude. yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, again, I, Kurt, I, or Chris, are you, are you drunk, bro? Like, I know I am legally anyways. <laughs> I'm like, I, it's pretty obvious that that wasn't a first down. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that that's how it should be, but that's not how it is. For sure. Um, you know, like if NB, like, I think we can all agree that NBC should have a Notre Dame guy in there, right? Not a Purdue guy, not a Boston college guy, right? Notre Dame guy for call NBC games. But when Notre Dame plays Virginia tech or whatever school, they're going to be, those fans are going to be pissed watching this pro Notre Dame broadcast. Cause I was thinking watch the game. So, um, I don't know. It, it's, we're wasting time talking about it. Um, Susan says the mics are addictive. I will miss the weekly show. Yeah. Every, every you're making me week. blush, Susan. You're making yeah. me blush over here. Susan, you're the best. Appreciate you. Um, super chat from Michael dropped a 199. I can help you out as a guest host. 58 years as a Notre Dame fan and lifetimers perspective, plus the dad of a sophomore domer. We've certainly tossed around the idea of a call-in show. Now, that would be badass for sure. Um, there's just different things. I'm a, I'm, I love YouTube. Um, I, I, I watch you know, my you know, side hobbies interest. I like to see what other YouTubers do in different fields. And, um, so, you know, I always am coming up with new ideas. So I, I again, I think next year is going to be big time. And I think it'd be really cool to do a call in show, just kind of the logistics of making sure some USC guys not calling, you know, like how, how that all works. Some things to figure out, but I think, yeah, sky's the limit for what we do here. Paul dropped what? 371. Paul, do you have oh, a- you're fine. Go ahead, Mike. Just look oh, up. nothing. You're fine. Go ahead. No, I don't got anything. Actually, I think we did have um, Tyler drop the super chat. Says Mike Goolsby. Love the show. When I watch Notre Dame, sometimes I feel like the players seem to overthink instead of reacting. Is that coaching being too academic? I don't. I get where you're coming from, Tyler. I, and I truly do it. Um, I, I don't believe that's the case. I, I think maybe in years past, Tyler, and I, I've touched on this during my show where kids were, and this is more of a Kelly thing. Kelly's approach to coaching, leading, those kids were like afraid to make a mistake. So then they were never really able to play beyond themselves and like really, again, step out of themselves and go be special because they're too too worried of getting screwed up. I do think that there's some validity to that. I've heard folks talk about the scheme, and we're talking defensively, Tyler. Like the, the scheme is too complex, and Kit makes guys play slow. That ain't it, man. 
um, especially from a linebacker perspective, it's like, even if it was complex, we're X number of games into the season. I think if you see people, kids playing slow on defense, they're not being taught the correct keys. And that comes down to coaching. So, like, I know Freeman, the linebacker play has been horrible. And it's this, this comes down to the self scouting. What is the future of the defense? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I don't believe Maris is going to be your starter for much longer. And yeah, you've got to look critically at the linebacker playing like, what are we doing here? Like, but unless that's what those kids are being asked to do, just take on catch blockers, be bugs on a windshield and not make tackles. And if, if that's what they're being taught, somebody needs to ask during a press conference, why are, why are we teaching this? Horka, if you're watching this, buddy, this is on you. Get on it, Tyler. Or any of my competitors watching, please go ahead. Um, Sean says with all see all three senior linebackers returning. So we're talking, I don't know. I'm looking at our, what, what am I missing here? Bauer is running out of eligibility, right? Yeah. Everyone no, else. Bauer's gone. Yeah. JD wants to come back. Maris wants to come back. Kaiser all have, cause with the COVID year, they all have three years of eligibility remaining. It looks like, which is. Is that right? Does that sound right? No, two two years after two years after this, sure. it's crazy. Um, so yeah, with all with all three linebackers returning, will guys like Prince and Snead get a real shot next year? Need those athletes on the field. Love the show. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. God, I hope so. I hope they get a real shot next year, Mike, because I think we've kind of seen this experiment. Well, what what was it? Uh, it was Boston College, right? Snead went in there at the end, had five tackles and nine snaps. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. So this is um, let's put yourself in in Al Gold and Laronitis's Coach Freeman's shoes. You know, defensive defensive minded coaches. So we sit there and tell our young players, you know, do all the right things. Blah 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 blah. Hey hey, fellas, when you get your chance to play, when your number gets called, you got to make the most of that most of that opportunity. Jalen Sneed does exactly that. Junior Tawatui yeah. Alamaka has done exactly that. And you go still go back to the bench. Now you've got yourself into a sticky situation as a coach. And that's where they're at. And I told you before, I mean, Sneed oozes like he's hungry to play. Um, and I think, I, again, I, I can't help but look at Sneed and Kali as kind of a combo together that's just uh, peanut butter and jelly. We'll come up with a nickname for him over time. Put it on a T-shirt. But um, yeah, they got a problem on their hands. Somebody needs to explain to me why Marist is playing, and what is the ask of him. And 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 the other thing about Marist is like, we've all been sold this bill of goods that like, dude, you should see him run. You should see him hit. I see him hit. I give him all the credit in the world. He's a violent player, but he picked up a fumble. I think it was against Boston College, kind of like the whistle blew. He picked up a fumble and ran. He didn't look that fast to me. Um, didn't look that didn't look that fast to me. So, and he looks a little bit stiff the more I watch him play. So, uh, I, I I just think that those coaches are going to give uh, Kali in particular because he's a year ahead of Steve in terms of the development, the playbook, or whatever. But you've got to give those kids a chance to play. Because uh, you put all that time and energy into recruiting them, and you didn't put that same time and energy into recruiting Maris, did you, Mike? And what if you put all that time and energy into recruiting Steve and Colin and they dip? 
and you're going to be kicking yourself. Yeah. Those coaches, I'm telling you, in their DNA, in their heart, they're they're happier to see Maris transfer or Kaiser transfer than they would want to see kids that they have their fingerprints on as recruit recruits and junior and Sneed and Kyle. They need to play. Yeah, Sneed obviously is that right. Freeman has known about Sneed for years. Freeman's close buddies with Sneed's high school head coach. That's pretty well documented. Collie was a Clark Lee guy, but still, I mean. The, the, you know the Freeman staff didn't recruit him, but yeah, your point still stands. Dane makes a good point. You well, guys yeah, never Freeman actually... was involved in recruiting Collie, though he might have yeah. committed under Lee. No, he was never involved. Mm-mm. Okay, fair enough. No, I think Collie had already signed by the okay, time. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Dane says you guys never actually put things on T-shirts. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean Collie signs. Freeman's hired two weeks later. So as long as Collie's been at Notre Dame, Freeman has. But yeah, didn't recruit him. But I I think your point still. Still stands. Thank you. Um, JP says uh, Jeff Leonard is available. Your thoughts? Jim Leonard is what he means. Jim Leonard. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Jim Leonard and I were at the combine together, and that dude is a hell was a hell of a player, a hell of a coach. I don't know what he's like as a recruiter. I think that um, from what I was reading, this is just on the Twitterverse. Like his camp was kind of floored that he didn't get the job at, at Wisconsin. And mind you, you know, Mike, he played at Wisconsin. If you didn't know, you don't know who Keith Jackson is. I don't know if you know much about Jim Leonard, but uh, I like it. But, I mean, it, what are we going to hire him as a, as a defensive coordinator and get rid of Golden after a year? This is the interesting thing about hiring your friends, right? So Freeman hires Laronitis, who's his friend. It may or may not be working out. To these eyes, it's not working out. Are you going to let your uh, let your friend go and, and and find a replacement? I don't I don't think Jim Leonard's going to land here if he has his mind set on a head coaching gig. Maybe he's a guy that they flip flop stabs with Cincinnati or something like that. But I think Coach Leonard's looking for a, a head gig, if you ask me. Whoa, Nelly, Mister Goolsby. Whoa, Nelly. Well done. <laughs> Never going to live that one down, am I? Well, you did it to yourself. All right, a couple more super chats, and then we're going to talk Kenny Minchie because I forgot about that one. Uh, Brian says, uh, drop super chat, 10 bucks. Appreciate that, Brian. Says, love hearing both of your perspectives. Keep it up. You feel like hearing my perspective? Really? Well, Brian, I appreciate that. He says, I was at every home game this season. Good shot for you, dude. That's awesome. My 61-year-old ass is on the field after the Clemson win. That's awesome, Brian. I uh, appreciate you sharing that with us, man. Um, okay. Yeah, let's talk. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame's quarterback commit. As we record this, I mean, just an hour before we started, we went live. Notre Dame landed an offensive line commit. Chris Tarek flipped him from Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, the Badgers hiring Luke Fickle, that worked out for the Irish there because Tarek is committed to the Wisconsin. He would have, I think he would have stick if they kept Leonard and their offensive line coach, but a new staff comes in. You know, felt more comfortable with Notre Dame at that point. So Tarek flips um, from Notre Dame to, excuse me, from Wisconsin to Notre Dame. You can find all the coverage on that at blueandgold.com. But Mike wanted to get your um, kind of take on Kenny Minchie. Um, he, that's another flip. How about that? Flip from Pittsburgh to Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish have had five players in total flip from another school to the Fighting Irish. You had Minchie, Tarek couple defensive linemen flipping from Boston College and Virginia, no, Stanford, respectively. 
Um, and then uh, there's another Dylan one. Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards from Kansas State. Thank you, Cools. Kenny Vinci, four-star quarterback, Elite 11, All-American Bowl, a bona fide stud. Maybe not the big-time offer list, but I think he, I mean, I think he's a stud. Um, so we'll pop on his tape, and Cools, will you tell me what you think of him? He's what you need. And this is what we were sort of hoping for out of a uh, a Buckner and Mike. I've been saying it since we've been doing these shows in big time games. Just watching a lot of college football, you need a quarterback that has a little bit of backyard, just pizzazz to him. Um, you know, it's like it's like these coaches make millions of dollars to call plays, and then these kids just go out there and like draw it up in the dirt. It seems at times. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you watch Caleb Williams play him running around on that that's not on the play sheet but right. it works and that guy will end up getting promoted at some point but that's what that's what Minchie is he's kind of got that backyard fun uh creative creativeness at the quarterback position and he's got these arm like this this arm um it's it's yeah, as as a, as somebody that works kind of in that football training yeah. world, right? Like I do that on the side, a little bit of private football instruction here and there for fun. So like you've always had these quarterback coaches, and for years and years and years they were teaching these kids to be statuesque, right? And like drive off of your, uh, you know, plan off your front foot. Like that's what you used to always see the quarterbacks wearing, like the right-handed quarterback wear a knee brace on the left knee because that's like their their lead leg or whatever. All that stuff's gone nowadays, man. Now they're it's trained just, to throw. Dude, off it's guys foot. making jump and... passes, throwing across their body, yeah, back foot, sidearm. And unless you have a God-given arm like Minchie has, you can't do that stuff. Like Drew Pine has to throw off of a base. He has to be planted. He has to be wide. He has to have time. He has to have space to deliver a beautiful ball. And he did so against USC several times over. But modern-day football, those pockets are so condensed. And it's like all these kids are like Pat Mahomes clones. They all look the same. They all have the same haircut. Um, and they all have the same type of whip. They've got a whip for an arm. They just whip that ball. And that's what Minchie has. Um, and it's honest to God, whether you know he pans out or not, obviously we're rooting for him. But like this, what you're seeing is the type of quarterback that you literally need to win in college football. Look at Bryce Young. Look at uh, the kid from uh, CJ Stroud. Look at Caleb Williams. This is what top five quarterback play looks like in big time football. It just is. Pretty excited about the direction of at quarterback under Notre Dame. You know, between absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, and I and I, you know, I've got a a love affair going with Tyler just because I'm rooting for the kid. I really am, but um. You know, this Minchie's making my eyes wander, Mike. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. And I got my boy, Steve Angeli. Still love him. I love it. I love Steve. Well, yeah, but Angeli's more of, again, he's more of a, probably a bigger, stronger Drew Pine, more of a traditional kind of classic quarterback. And there's room for those guys, but in terms of like somebody that's, special this is more special than anything you see from angeli 
Yeah. So I'm glad we got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe in terms of an athlete, but but if yeah, Fangeli can make those throws and make those good decisions, you know. I was I like to bring back, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, right? And Tua is small and doesn't have a strong arm, but the, the dude is if, if he didn't miss those three games in the middle season, I think the guy could win the MVP. So if you can make those quick decisions and be super accurate, uh, like just thinking about that, that's kind of where my mind's at with Steve. Like I, I still think that he could be a darn good quarterback. This offense, I, but between Buckner coming back, right. Healthy and jelly Minchie oh coming in in January. Mike, you're Mike, Mike, Mike. excited about what your ability to evaluate quarterbacks is sus. <laughs> and everybody can shit on me for saying that preseason like Ian Book might have played himself into being a first rounder and I ate a lot I took a lot of heat for that and I just said if he continued to improve I thought that he had the traits i.e. the ability quick release etc to maybe play himself into that nobody would have forecasted nobody would have forecasted Ian Book to be a what was he, a fourth or fifth round pick and get picked up by Sean Payton of all coaches going to play for the Saints since been released, but now he's with the Eagles. But your ability to evaluate, we got to sit down in the offseason and we got to talk this, talk about this. <laughs> it's like sometimes, I don't know, I, I don't, you know, your, your Twitter bio says Christian and you are very Christian when it comes to your uh, evaluating of quarterbacks you call me the eternal optimist mike i kind of like everybody no i know you do but i mean you know i think and he is your favorite so that's my downfall oh it's not a downfall mike but it's just like i i don't know what criteria you're looking for um as you know as a gm of a of, of the dolphins as a gm of a dolphin i don't know what you're looking for in a quarterback a nice personality and a good family. I love it. Give me a good GPA too. Hardworking guy. Yeah. First one in, last one out. Tucks his shirt in. Says yes, sir, no, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> we got to trade up. The kid plays the <laughs> piano. We got to trade up, you know? I don't know. But no, I'm really happy that we got Minchie. It's such a necessity. Hey, just for the depth. And B for like just the the ability, but what we saw from Caleb Williams, just the running around. That's what I'm hoping. And Tyler Buckner, if you're listening, it's like calm down. I think I think that Tyler Buckner could be unreal if he could just learn to just turn down that play anxiety and turn up the confidence. Like you see a Caleb kid, a kid like Caleb Williams, he's doing all that because his confidence is beyond, you know. And it's like Tyler Buckner has similar traits in terms of athletic ability quick release whatever he's a crazy good athlete yeah but until your confidence catches up with that ability uh you're not going to get a chance to really display it for us so that that would be my big ask of, of tyler is just work on that just calmness in the off season yeah but my my, my thought on he's this, still my guy this quarterback position just bringing flood the room with a ton of guys and have kind of a survival of the fittest. Bring in a transfer. You got Buckner. You got Paulus, Pine, Minchie, and Jelly. See what happens. 
what's the best way no and you make a you make a good point too so going back to like the conversation about transferring you know if you can bring in like you know ron paulus should probably go we could use that scholarship if we're going to be a big time program ron paulus jr could probably go it's dead weight there's no there's no expectations of him to ever get on the field so unless you're going to turn yourself into a long snapper brother or something get out of here um sorry but this is big time college football but like if you can get an angeli type a drew pine type every two years a kid that's uh you know grew up loving notre dame he's a notre dame you know natural notre dame fit mike those kids aren't going to go anywhere so you can you can have your competition for your one two maybe one and this is we're talking high end high end college football this stuff happens all the time you bring in two five stars they competed out one leaves transfers you still have that angeli that natural fit yeah. as a as a consummate backup it's a nice little model the the thing i'll add on to that is that notre dame needs to and this is even going past the quarterbacks is notre dame needs to get those notre dame natural fits that are also the five-star caliber right those types of guys like your michael mayor it's a natural notre dame fit i've said this so many times that kenny Minchie goes to high school with the word pope in it that you know like he's also a natural notre dame fit i've been able to talk to kenny like he speaks like a notre dame kid cj carr that's an elite talent as well. He's also a Notre Dame kid, you know. So like, and um, Carr have that as well, but they're also have higher ceilings as quarterbacks. Does that make sense? So like, it's totally kind of adding on to that point. Like, it's it's exciting. I'm excited. No, it is. It, it is. And again, you know, I tend to assume, Mike, on this on our show that, um, and it's some the numbers sort of reflect that that it might be the same. 10, 12,000 people watching every episode. But if somebody's watching for the first time, and we've talked about this at length in recent episodes about the quarterback recruiting uh, under the previous staff, and that there was a little bit of like, yeah, Notre Dame didn't recruit Caleb Williams, didn't offer Caleb Williams. Like, I believe that Coach Kelly only went after quarterbacks that had a, um, that didn't have an ego weren't groomed caleb williams you heard it during the broadcast has been groomed to be the man he just has and he carries himself as such and he's earned the right to carry himself that way brian kelly <laughs> did not have the personality to deal with somebody like that marcus freeman does so marcus freeman has enough hair in his chest to walk in any of these high schools and i want to talk to caleb williams i want to talk to this kid i want to talk to that kid and in years past, we never – we didn't fish in that pond um, because we had coaches that were lazy and sensitive at the same time, and that's going to change. So uh, all the more reason for optimism in that quarterback room. All right, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, Mr. Martinez, the 199 dude. Uh, but, yeah, we are going to uh, – we're going to end it there. So we'll probably be off this upcoming Sunday – but we'll be back with another Goolsby show um, the following Sunday. Um, what would that be like the 10th or something right around there? I'm sure we'll do like a post signing day kind of thing, like the Sunday after national signing day, which I love doing be, those. I well, love doing those. That's right around Christmas. So we'll do on our, we'll, we'll do a national signing day, you know, show maybe Goolsby on like that Thursday or Friday even, but again, Christmas, I'll figure that out. But uh, Mr. Goolsby, 
it's been a fantastic season. And, and not to mention, we got a bowl game as well. So Goolsby and I will be, uh, we'll, we'll do a show after that one as well. So um, we're not going anywhere, but yeah, we won't be as frequent, but uh, tons of still good stuff at, at our blue and gold YouTube channel. Um, continue to tune in, hit the thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know, we like to bring in a lot of different voices and what and whatnot in our shows to, um, you know, really yeah, give you more perspective on Notre Dame football and recruiting. But folks, I'm Mike Singer. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Goolsby. This has been the Mike Goolsby Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.